But anyway, she was getting a pug, and the reason she was adopting it was because the eye was fucked up, yeah. and nobody wanted it. Right. So she said yes. The dog was on antibiotics, and the eye actually just recessed mm-hmm. and normalized or whatever. Oh. So then we got this normal-looking dog, and then uh, like a couple weeks later, the other eye got fucked up. Uh-huh. But it was a pug. That's what happens. And it happened. It was like Betty Blue, right? Is that why you named it Betty Blue? Did you poke her eye out, your dog? Well, originally I was on a list to get a, a pug, and mm-hmm. they set me up with one, and his name was Buddy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't those folks that we were just talking about. It was mm-hmm. a different group, and I think they definitely bait and switch. Yeah, because I was like, little Buddy, he's mm-hmm. a little black pug. It's exactly what I wanted. I'll take him. And they said, okay, great, he'll come tomorrow. And then they were like, mm, the lady who's fostering him has decided to keep him. But we have, mm-hmm. you know, Lois and Phyllis who <laughs> crap everywhere and are 15 years old each. And uh-huh. and I was like, you know. But we have, have maybe, a human boy. Yeah, maybe I'm not ready. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Maybe I'm not ready. And so then this other pug rescue group, like a week later, approached me. So I was going to name him Buddy. I was all excited for Buddy. Mm-hmm. So she's just Betty. But uh, then Taylor Swift has a song, Betty, that I love. Uh, and so it made total sense. You've oh. been to lots of Taylor Swift concerts. Probably. I have. Yeah. I was lucky. Yeah. I got to go to a bunch. You, on this tour, though, where she's playing to like 80,000 people. It was so awesome. That's insane. It's a great show. Are like, you- hands down. I mean, I saw Elvis. Elvis was my first concert. Shut the fuck up. For sure. Wait, first, sorry. I've Let's... seen Rolling Stones, I, like, from the yes. front. Like, uh. Elvis cheap seats, but the Rolling Stones, like, right from the front. Okay, wait. We have to introduce you first. Sorry. Okay. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to What We Thought Would Happen. And we've been talking to uh, a very special guest, Jamie Bridgers. Who's amazing. Um, Jamie is not only an incredible comic, she is also a top-selling real estate agent <laughs> and just an all-around amazing person. And when I met Jamie... We were at the free clinic, and, and let me, I'll just, just been, uh, I, don't, I don't think you mind me saying no, that. No, no. And we were course. waiting to get tested, and Jamie had just gotten out of a, a bad marriage, and I had just gotten fired from the Hobby Lobby for sniffing glue. What? Yeah, but I, that was my hobby. Shut <laughs> You just can't do it during office hours. Wait, what kind of glue? Airplane glue. No, not like the rubber cement. Remember how good that smelled? Oh my God. It yeah, smelled good, but it didn't really get you around the mountain drugs-wise. Oh, no. no. Uh-uh. But I, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what would get you there, Jamie? Well, yeah. What kind of horse hoof would get you high? Yeah, exactly. All I know is... Airplane glue scared the crap out of me when I was in like junior high because there must have been a big push at that time to like be real. What well, was maybe, yeah, it was the original Nancy Reagan real. was coming around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, yeah. When they were like, you know, oh, don't I do drugs that. or you'll lose all of your intelligence immediately. Yeah. And I was like, uh oh. Well, it was very much like 80s and like the crack scare. Oh, they were yeah. scaring everybody with crack. And it was like, well, we don't all do crack. Don't smoke pot because yeah. you'll be stupid. Oh, I was like, I oh, know. shit. Because I, you'll be in- I was so afraid about pot. I didn't smoke till I was 16. Smoke Keeps pot. you young. You gotta <laughs> smoke pot. It really Only does. reason. I didn't smoke more pot. I'm from Mendocino County, by the way. Oh, so, damn. I mean, they re- basically uh. hand it out. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I was in high school, I didn't smoke that much because I read an article that it caused your hormones to be off balance and it would be- make you more masculine. Oh, wow. And I think that's a great way to keep kids off drugs. Deterrent. I feel like you're going to get hair yeah. where you don't want it. Like, that's... Honestly, yeah. even as a, as a like a teenager, when I started my knuckles, I was shaved my fingers because I wanted feminine hands. I oh, remember wow. that was a phase in my life where I was like, I'm not ready yet. I need. I can't have man hands. Sure, so sure. I was, but I should have just been smoking weed. 
Yeah, exactly. So it would wait, have feminized you. There was a there was another like old world deterrence, right? Like cornflakes were supposed to reduce your sex drive so you wouldn't masturbate. Oh my god! But that's like an old hokum. <laughs> well, didn't they put saltpeter? In the rations, I sound like oh, a man. Oh yeah, no, oh, no, no. But, oh no, yeah. but I forgot about that. They did, yeah, so, so that you didn't have like a horny army or a we, gay, or a gay <laughs> army. Is that what it was? They didn't want them to all turn homo. We need to bring that back, Salt Peter. Gay there are too many people, too many people on the planet. Salt, salt Peter. And is yeah. it even the thing? Like maybe it's just a placebo. Yeah, yeah. I don't even. What is Salt Peter? Is I it literally a more salt. <laughs> well, now it's my trans name. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What was the, I just thought of? A, oh yeah, my new drag queen name is a uh, Maureen Layer. Nice. Instead of the Maureen Layer, I want to be Maureen Layer. Really I love good. that. She's, it's gentle and yeah. classy, mm-hmm, but very. She's very mysterious. I love it. <laughs> she I can't love it. enter the room or leave a room without a cloud of smoke. Roller derby names. Yeah. Oh, I love. Are so good, yeah. and I just I go sometimes just because I want to. Wait, where are they? The LA Derby Dolls. Uh-huh. I haven't been since before COVID, uh-huh. but they played at a, I mean, played, they uh-huh. skated uh-huh. Uh, at a place in Echo Park. Yeah. And I used to go sometimes. When my daughter was in high school, she was in a punk rock band, and sometimes they would play like mm-hmm. at halftime. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I saw Exine Cervanka do the national anthem once there. Amazing. And then they did some kind of a benefit, and Ed Asner was there <laughs> reading yes. bedtime stories, which is the most punk rock thing that's ever happened. That's wild. That's crazy. I was, Equally, there was a, a roller derby in Austin, and my wow. friend, you could play the halftime, which a lot of my friends in bands did, but the one guy, he was this total punk, he owned a, a record studio, but he also played the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And he was playing the national anthem at the roller derby. And it was the next week we were in the studio. I was like, hey, how was the gig? He was like, ah, I kind of fucked up. I was like, on the national anthem? He was like, yeah, a pretty important part. I was like, was it like the rocket's red glare part? He's like, that's the part. Like, you know, <laughs> when, you're, when your trumpet goes, burr, 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 yeah. and then you like air fart in a microphone. But um, wait, now, roller derby, they used to be real teams. Are they real teams? Or now is it like wrestling on? Oh, no, they're real. They're scrappy. In my opinion, it's super fun. It real. Mm -hmm. I hope nobody tells me different. No, Mm -hmm. it's like rugby on wheels. Yeah. And it's usually that's a demographic of women who are really athletic Mm -hmm. and really excited about it. There's a lot of camaraderie. I don't think they make very much money. Like they're doing yeah. it for fun. But hard falls, yeah. like you fall and like take hits and oh, how do you sure. win? I think isn't it like a, a race? Yeah, yeah, it is a race. Okay, and then they knock each other out and everything. I used to watch it on TV when I was little. There's oh. a ball or something, right? I don't think there is a ball. Or you're just racing to knock everybody. That's down. how bad I am. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't either. I love the idea of it. I don't know what it, it is. It just sounds like exactly. the pit at a punk show, right? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Like I just go because they're like. Helen Skelter. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, they have great names. And it's just awesome and and kind of liberating the way that punk rock can be. Sure. And there might be a intersection, like a Venn diagram of punk rock and roller derby. Oh, there sure. is. Yeah, there definitely For is. For sure. Right. I love the like roller skate. Blunt bangs. Oh, yes. Yeah, all that. And you know, there's now a women's hockey league. You're I, kidding me. I am not kidding you. Oh, I great. love hockey. My one sport was field hockey. That's the oh, only for thing sure. I yeah, you've told me about that. No, that's so that's can... a very private school thing. Well, I, field this, is just, this is just upstate New York, uh, Western New York. Yeah. It's actually a white, trashy thing. But no. you're just like, <laughs> no. Yeah. There's we were always just in mud. Nice. <laughs> we could hit people in, with sticks in the mud. Uh-huh. That's what it was. And I really liked that. Yeah, they're just pigs out there. Okay, yeah. so wait, you saw Ed Asner read children's stories, which is... 
Yes. Probably so you could go in to this little, they had like, it was around Christmas time. So they had like a little Mr. and Mrs. Claus cottage mm-hmm. and you could go in and listen to him read stories. And I think there might've been young people there who thought he was just a nice old man. Oh, yeah. I have no clue who he yeah, is. And yeah. And I was like, that's Asner in there. <laughs> we in elementary school, like Santa Claus would come visit the elementary mm-hmm, school, mm-hmm. but in Texas, it would, he'd Flew in in a helicopter. Wow. Of course, of course. Santa, Mrs. Claus, uh, there's usually a Rudolph right. and a Frosty. Everyone's... And you knew the demographic of your neighborhood. Like, were you in a wealthy neighborhood? Because no, you would have a all. real beard. Uh, well, here was the thing. It was that we knew the people playing. They went to our church. So, like, Mrs. Huh. Claus was George Ann Gallion. So, she'd be saying hi to everyone. Everyone's like, Mrs. Claus. I'd be like, George Ann. And she'd just wink and keep moving. Oh, how cute. But it really blew the... <laughs> suspension right. of disbelief. Well, I'm, a, I'm an only child, so I was always like, it's a lie. Yeah, no one to back yeah, up the, yeah. Yeah, no one to be like, just pretend it's fun for everyone. Mm. Just relax, Jamie. I was like, they're lying to us. <laughs> they're Because when you're an only child, you have to do all the work. Oh my God. Like you have to break every superstitions or all of that ritual. You have to. Yes. And then there's no one to even like conference with. Like, do you think it's real? Yeah. All that. You're basically doing all the emotional labor for your parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm whilst denying <laughs> that any is yes. being done. Yeah, Ooh, mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, okay. Were you popular in high school? That's a good question. I think I was <laughs> probably in a popular group of uh-huh. girls. I'm not sure if I was personally popular. Mm-hmm. I feel like in small town high schools, the popular girls really aren't liked. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's their target. They're bitches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, she's a popular girl. Not like, mm-hmm. oh, I love Jamie and Laura. They're popular. It's right. more like... Oh, they think they're popular. Oh, yeah. I think I was one of those girls. Ooh, so in our school, it was the cheerleaders and mm-hmm. the jockettes. They were the most the popular. The jockettes. Yeah. What is a jockette? Like a, a female jock. Oh. Like sporty spice women. Yeah. yeah. There was just one. And what was, oh, fuck, Jackie Jeffries. She. Mm-hmm. Ooh, def- that's a good name. Great mm-hmm. name. And she played football. The only girl on the whole Was thing. she a kicker? She No, she was out there. I don't I think she like played, played. Like they wow. sent her out there. Yeah. That's Jackie really, Jeffries. That's really cool. Her sister's name was Rhiannon. And she got real mad if you even tried to sing her a Fleetwood Mac song. Uh-huh. I was like, but right. I'm the only person at this school who knows who Fleetwood Mac is. Oh. I interrupted you when you were telling us that you saw Elvis. Mm-hmm. Because I'm an only child. Yeah. My parents got tickets to see Elvis mm-hmm. in like 1973. Amazing. Mm-hmm. In Fresno. Mm-hmm. Wow. Buckle up. <laughs> and of course, like any American kid, I was obsessed with Elvis. Yep. And uh, my mom was like, oh, that'll be fun. That's nice. We're going to go see Elvis. Like, I, I mean, I like Elvis enough, mm-hmm. you know. And we got there and my mom ripped those opera glasses out of my hands <laughs> and like <laughs> was obsessed. Yes. <laughs> Activated. And it was like, when they still did the, you know, bum, 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 oh, bum, bum, bum. Was he fat at that point? Um, No. Oh, wow. He was certainly not slim, mm-hmm. but he was like, you know, a good looking larger Elvis, but not like he got. Yeah. Yeah. Was it like white jumpsuit? Oh, yeah. Like Elvis? Definitely. Yeah. Did he it was like right after. The trap. Oh, yeah, of course. That's what he started with? I don't think he started, I'm not sure, because, you know, I don't remember what he started with, but I do remember him wiping his Mm. sweat onto silk (sighs) handkerchiefs and throwing them into the audience or silk scarves. And I was like, that's disgusting. My mom mom was like, 
I don't know if it's disgusting or not. It seems <laughs> kind of great. Can I tell you? I just saw Genuine a few years ago, but it was... Oh, wait. Who sings Pony? It's Genuine, right? I don't know. Anyway, yes. And he did the same thing. He ripped his shirt off for uh-huh. the encore. There was no song ever performed. The encore was just him. He ripped his shirt off. He did push-ups over a towel. They laid a towel on the stage. And he did push-ups and he wiped his body on it. And then he stood up and his hype man picked up the towel and threw it into the audience. Wow. And the towel was disintegrated by ravenous fans. Good God. So Genuine. Gen- I be- yeah, 100%. Wow. And this was just a few years ago. People <laughs> wanted mean, his sweat. Yeah. So wait, what was what did Elvis do to you at that age? Were you? I just thought he was really important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought, because I'd seen all the Elvis movies, mm-hmm. and we had all the Elvis records mm-hmm. on vinyl, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just thought that he was just a super important person. Yeah. And, I mean, this is interesting. I mean, we talked about this a little bit before. I wasn't raised by my biological father. Mm-hmm. so Who was Elvis? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny, because I knew that Elvis had been sent to the army i knew he was overseas Mm -hmm. and you know when you're a little kid you just put things together but you don't it it might not even match Mm -hmm. and i knew that my biological father had been in the army and Mm -hmm. i didn't really know what that meant and so i would just always look at this picture of elvis in his gi uniform and be like i bet that's what my dad looks like Uh, Mm -hmm. or my i never even called him my dad but i'd be like that's what my father looks like like that and my mom sort of disparaged elvis at one point because there's a cover of a record and he has very pale hands with mm-hmm. very lovely manicured nails. And uh-huh. shaved fingers like me. Exactly. The ones you wanted. <laughs> yeah, I wanted Elvis. And my mom was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. What? That's not a man. That's oh! Not, yeah. Those aren't- those Too pretty. Aren't, yeah, too pretty. His hands yeah, are too pretty. too pretty. Yeah. It's nice that you had like Elvis to choose from. I remember my mom always had a lot of boyfriends, and, and I didn't realize till I was probably about five that the ugliest one was my dad. <laughs> I was like, that's the one <laughs> that she fell for. God, look what I have to look nah. for. Look what's uh-uh. going to happen there's, to me. There's always a dominant side. You probably yeah. got polys. Oh, it's more than, I mean, this is ridiculous to say out loud, but um, <laughs> yes. people know this from animal husbandry that it's more the mom than the dad. Oh, really? The dominant gene. Even in horse breeding and stuff, like it's more the mom than the dad. Oh my God. I FaceTime my mom on yeah. Thanksgiving, right? She was up in her pajamas, like baking early. And we have the same hair now. I'm, oh, I'm fucking so 41. My look mom at your is great hair. I know. Look at that. I'm so great. But even the fucking cowlick. Uh-huh. You know, your, yeah. hair get, your hair gets oh, gray, yeah. so it changes yeah. the way it is. So now we have the exact same. Do I know? Everything. Yes. <laughs> but wait. Okay, wait. I got I'm, Barney Miller's eyebrows coming out of my head. I now. love Barney Miller. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we just went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And because of I was with Margaret Cho, so we had access. So yes. we got to go to the vault. Have you similarly? No, but I my, my daughter's been and, and they told me about it. And they got so excited because they were like, they let us in for free. Mm-hmm. And if you're a touring band or a touring musician, yes. you do get in for free. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. They're really like music friendly. Exactly. But they took us to the vault and they showed us, they opened this closet and there's just clothes hanging on, right? Like it's just very unceremonious. Jimi Hendrix is in there. Stevie what? Nicks is in there. They're just on the thing, right? Everybody's in there. But then she pulled out and the only reason you said it, it's Elvis's GI, mm. like the real thing. Uh-huh. And some things you can't even take pictures of, right? Right. And they won't even let you uh, because of the estates, but... Uh, they don't want to let anyone know they even have it. Exists, Tell right? everyone oh, who knows yeah. anything about it is dead. So you couldn't get... And then the lady's holding it, right? Like you can't touch it, of course, and things. But I got close enough to sniff. 
everything. And, and? I, it smells so good. It's like it's, musty. Ooh, does it smell like some kind of aftershave? No, I wish. I was looking okay. for like a real man. Like, like an aqua kind of velvet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or even just like Florida water. But it was like, it was, it was, I was that close to it. And I was like, okay. my grandmother loves Elvis. Of course. And I was like channeling her. I was like, we made it. Like we, uh-huh. got, we got there. Oh man. But the that Steve, is so good. But the Stephen Nick Shaw was like really it. Stop it. Long. It's kind of aquamarine. Like no. suede or velvet. It's like. See, I always wonder with stuff like that, because, you know, you guys are asked for stuff sometimes. Like, could you donate something to mm. something? And I always wonder, do you give the thing that you really wore mm-hmm. or do you give the thing that looks nice that you wish people would think you wore? Like when someone asks for a favorite book, mm-hmm. do you give the one that's really your favorite or the one that you wish was your favorite oh, good for the person you wish you were? Am I the only person that has this mental illness? <laughs> no. You're no. talking about physically loaning someone a book. Yeah, like what's your favorite book? I'm theoretically and real time. Mm. Like mm-hmm. sometimes people will be like, "Oh, do you have something to donate for this?" And I'll be like, "Oh, yes, of course. I have this very uh, stimulating just... piece of literature." Or I'm like, "These pulp westerns that I'm crazy about. Like those are the ones I really love." What Zane Grey? Is that where you go? A little bit. Louis L'Amour, okay. Zane uh, Grey, sure. Okay. Read them all. Yeah, love yeah, them. Yeah. But they're so old fashioned. They they're like are... that. Jane Witherstein so is a spunky filly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. I, I think my favorite book has been the same for 25 years. <laughs> what is it? Well, I, it's Clarice Lispector, Apple, uh, oh, an sure. Apple in the Dark, the Argentinian writer. I'm just remembering that I don't that's, think anyone has that's ever... smart and fun. No one's asking me what my favorite book is because I don't think anybody thinks I read. Well, what is your favorite book? <laughs> I get, it was always The Stranger, which is now like... Wow. I know. In this age of mass shootings, I need to think of a more... So dark. Exactly. Yeah. I need a better book. Right. You're like, Catcher in the Rye and the Stranger kind of go to the back yeah, of your drawer. Like, yeah. I need to think of like a Where's Waldo. When Garrett and I were... The Gideon Bible. Um, smoking pot. <laughs> I always like to watch like Italian horror films or just something, you know, from the 60s or 70s. And he said, I, you know what? I don't want to read. <laughs> you can't read subtitles. Absolutely. <laughs> totally. What was the vampire? Oh, I just finally Oh, Anne watched, Rice? I just watched for the first time ever. What? Interview with a Vampire. Okay. Oh, damn. I'd never seen it. Yeah. Well, I was addicted to those books. Okay. After Phoebe was born. Yeah. Because I spent all my day, like, duckies and puppies mm-hmm. and cuddly and you're just so sweet 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 all day mm-hmm. the minute she would fall asleep i would rip through those books like mm-hmm. crazy uh. and then i had an analogy that you know how those books work like the vampire can read everyone's minds yes. all the time everything animals people yes. they can read other vampires minds mm-hmm. except they can't read the minds of the vampires that they made Oh, whoa. And, you know, Anne Rice wrote a lot of those books in answer to her grief over losing a child, oh, which is interesting. Uh, side note, I mean, uh-huh. not, you know, but um, so I felt like it was an analogy, like you can't have the one relationship that's the most important to you. <laughs> you can never really know the person you made. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like to have kids. Wild. Like this person is so important to me. I would gladly die for them. Sure. But gladly die for this person mm-hmm. and they're like god you don't understand me you know? <laughs> and you're like i want your happiness more than i want my own breath yeah <laughs> and they're like yep. you just want me to be miserable all the time <laughs> you're like quite the opposite yeah but those books are funny too because yeah. yeah. they're so homoerotic oh the well the movie oh my god I they're so di- sexy i was on the fucking floor i was laughing because it's yeah. like now it's like it, the bodyguard it, yeah it seems really overly dramatic almost. when's the last time you watched the bodyguard Bra- Oh, I, I've never watched it. What? I've never oh, seen it. Oh, it's so good. It's like one of the camp. greatest. It's, it's super campy. But not then. 
No, well, I gotta say, how old were you when you saw no, it? I mean, I was a kid, but I really, yeah. I really believed it. Like, I was really into. Oh, it. for sure. But now it's, it's like It's a love story. But, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and and with a samurai sword. Oh my yeah. god! But now I watch it and I can't stop laughing. It's the funniest movie I've ever seen. Uh, You've never seen a bodyguard? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, we're okay. Yeah. We're having a movie. I'm not camp. a I'm not a, a Kevin I don't know why Kevin Costner just seems boring to me. Oh, he I guess is. he is a good You're actor. Right. Though. He is. But there was a short part of history where he was like <laughs> hot guy. Just yeah. oh yeah, I'm uh-huh. sure. Hot manly dude. Yeah. Bull yeah. Durham. Sure. I would watch that yeah. today. He yeah. was handsome. Yeah. He just got it's when actors start directing and then <laughs> that's when they lose. Oh, I think Robin Hood we can all Yeah, boom. Yeah. In pandemic, I didn't realize how much I was going till I was like doing my taxes, but I was going to get massages mm-hmm. um, and I didn't realize, I was like, oh, it's probably in hindsight. I'm like, oh, because I had no contact with anybody and, and I was trying to seek it out. But at the time I thought, you know, oh, my back aches and I have all this free time. Mm-hmm. But now I realize I was like, yeah, I was fucking, you needed to, I needed to be right. like held by some stranger in a mm-hmm. dark room. Well, <laughs> and I think we discount how much that's needed by people Mm -hmm. you know because it can be very isolating to just be like oh i go to work and i go home and Mm -hmm. i know i did that for a really long time and then you go oh wait this isn't healthy like i'm not really out there in the world i would actually like offer to babysit for friends kids because i just needed a person who needed me for a minute Mm, like let me braid your hair while we watch snow white or whatever just because it's nice and then i got a dog and now everything's great but you know and you two did something you both have what you have another thing that i admire you both for you both did something that i cannot imagine ever doing you were on a cruise ship with a hundred or more strangers uh-huh. for several oh, days. Thousands. That would be like oh, yeah. thousands. That would be my nightmare. What cruise were you on? Oceania. For were you just cruising or were you Mediterranean? Working? Okay. No, I wasn't working. Oh. That seems fun. Yeah. But also a little bit hellish because you have to read the room and the room has a thousand people in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they talk. That's the other thing. Oh, for sure. They don't. It's not a show. It's, no. It's very different. And it's not like oh, this club's going to be like this, and this club's going to be like no. this. It's like people from all over the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, mine were gay cruises, so that really narrows it down. Okay. And then they always put me. There's different kinds, but they always put me on the older man cruise like the last one the average age was 68 which is fine but like i can't call myself old i'm 41 you know what i mean they're 68 they get offended by that but But, i liked cruise but you went to greece and you went i mean what yeah you talk about a little bit i was oh sure because i haven't really talked to you since you got back about that i was super excited to do it like a couple years ago, my friend Kathy and I were talking about like what we wanted to do and she'd want to go on a big cruise with her husband and he wasn't feeling so well. So she's like, would you want to go? And so my whole life I've wanted to go to the Parthenon. Oh, yeah. I've just I mean, you see it, you think about it. It's mm-hmm. like this imagination spark and then mm-hmm. you go oh shit i could actually fly there now yeah. yeah yeah so that was where we kind of started like we want a cruise that is gonna leave us in athens for a little bit mm-hmm. and then we just ended up on one that was like 28 days 29 Whoa. days long oh, that's yeah. a long because when we first did it we were like oh we'll go for two weeks so we made the reservation that's what i've done then covid oh damn yeah so we kicked the can a year mm-hmm. Then we kicked it another year. (laughs) So by the time we went, I was like, well, crap, you know, this might be the only time in my life I'm going to get to do this. Let's just go do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we did it big and we started in like Barcelona. We went to like some French islands, Italian islands, you know, Rome, you know, I feel like we talked about this at Uncab. Right, right. I'm sure we did because I haven't stopped talking about it. No, you may have. 
When did you go? What year? This July. So it was, I think you were about to go. Yeah. And I was, and it was just as good as I thought it was going to be. It was very different Mm -hmm. than I thought it was going to be, but just as good. Mm -hmm. Some things were better, some things were weird. I know a lot of weird. Um, it is weird to be like at the dinner show. <laughs> no offense to these hardworking no, performers, but you know what I mean? Like, so weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, um, so it was like a dance cabaret type it's thing. Very oh, for sure. It's oh, very and those guys have to work really hard. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, they basically have to be your escort to the, you know, the, the spice market. Right. Yeah. Right, so right, right. I'm not oh. saying they weren't working hard, but yeah. some of them could really sing and some of them were really good at taking us to the spice market. <laughs> ah, nice. And, you know, there's a lot of older people mm-hmm. on the cruise. Mm-hmm. I felt like a whippersnapper. Oh, yeah. sure. And one thing I loved about it was there were tons of people from Florida just smoking their Oh, people asses. smoke. Oh. People smoke Oh, damn. It's great. Yeah. And they had like special areas where you could smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was like... Are really good for so, yeah. Yeah, good for you. You know, not all the time. Yeah, Hopefully, no longer. But it's um, hard. you know, it's hard. I give it up a lot, and then I kind of have a couple. And when I was on the cruise, I felt like, well, I don't know, the general, the retired general from Florida, and I are going to smoke some more cigarettes. No, I've got two words for you: maritime law. What happens? Yeah, 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 now yeah. You can oh, smoke totally. cigarettes on maritime law. Wow, you can do anything. And does your friend who you went with did she smoke? No, not at all. But so she was on, nice enough about it. You were it. on opposite sides of the ship. Yeah, she okay. was really sweet about it. But I, yeah, I. So I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna have another cigarette. The casinos. That's where you can smoke. Oh my God. I loved it. Mm -hmm. The casino. Because you know when people try to dissuade you from taking a cruise, they're like, oh, you're going to hate it. It's Mm -hmm. just a floating buffet Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. casino. And I was like, no. Wait, I love love casinos. I had no idea there was a casino. I think you have a bad impression of cruises. I do. Maybe rightfully so. But here's the thing. I... I hide because it's like a cruise ship with gay guys. So the people are trying to fuck and stuff like that. So, oh, and you're fending off Ed Asner I'm the just entire time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ed Asner just wants to read me a Hansy children's story. Yes. Ed, yes. Oh, yeah. And no disrespect. That's the community. But it's like I just wasn't in the mood. So I equally like performing. I love a buffet. But the one thing I love to do is like smoke some weed and just stare at the open ocean. Oh, sure. Like I could do that shit for days or we need our own boat yes a pina colada (laughs) yeah and no uh, the thing i loved about it was it was forced downtime literally Mm -hmm. there (laughs) were days when you couldn't get on the internet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yo yeah nobody knows anything about it Mm -hmm. and you just are laying in the sun with a pina colada the one thing that fucking whipped me back to earth real fast was like day four on the cruise where you have no service oh. and then all of a sudden you get one te- the first text message oh, yeah. you've gotten yeah. at, out of days is at&t saying you've exceeded your yes. limits and you've you have crossed a thousand dollar yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just charged a thousand dollars to check your voicemail i know i had to get real middle-aged lady on them <laughs> Because I had to call them and be like, excuse me, but I checked my plan before I left the United That's States. And I told you, you know, I basically told you the serial that number of the boat I'm going to be on and everything. I did the same thing. I was uh, like, I checked my coverage yeah. and I'm covered in Cartagena. I only know because. <laughs> in my, my, I don't know where we are, but I know that we're covered. I'm fucking covered. Right. Oh, and I mean. Oh, that's funny. My daughter was on tour once mm-hmm. and they crossed some crazy ass maritime 
border, mm-hmm. like some border in yeah. the ocean where her coverage lapsed. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. And the AT&T was like, that's going to be $1,500. Yeah, oh, and, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you guys, <laughs> yeah. there's just don't serve me there. Yeah. Yeah. Just in that turn it little, off. Yeah. yeah turn they, it they off. They should let you know. Don't we have that- a do not... Serve me yeah. their order. Here's Madonna's writer, which is excessive because she has a huge entourage. Oh, I would stuff. love to read it. Hers is good. The best is Grace Jones. Grace <gasps> Jones is a killer writer. Oh it's like the best champagne, oysters. And then the thing is, oh. what do you open an oyster with? What's it called? Shucker. Yeah. So it is included on her writer is an oyster shucker. I knew that too quickly. Uh, no. Yeah. You, you, uh, I love <laughs> You're kind of half loot, not you. <laughs> I love a good shuck. You're a woman of the sea. You know oyster talk. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Madonna has one of the weirder things is 20 international landlines what and i'm like that's why we don't pay roaming she's madonna 20 of 20 them. international landlines like wow. what the fuck kind of online gambling shit is she like wow but, but to me i'm like that's probably okay. a money saver in the long term if you're in sao paulo right. and all of a sudden you're trying to call rocco back home i love the idea of a writer Of being able to say, I want this kind of sparkling water. Mm -hmm. I want this. Also, the fact that. Do you hold back if given a writer? Do you, or uh, do you shoot for the I've never had one. I've never had one. I'm sorry to tell you. I've had people say, like, what do you want for lunch? Yeah. But I've never had anybody (laughs) say, like, how'd they say it? What do you want for lunch? What would you like in the fridge? (laughs) Yeah. Can I tell you a really good Tom Waits story really fast? Oh, please. So my friend worked at Amoeba in SF, and he was, he had two phones, and it was Mrs. Waits getting back order LP records mm-hmm. um, through Amoeba. So my friend's the one who's transacting the deal. So he's got Mrs. Waits on the phone and the distributor on the other phone. Okay. And he's doing the middle talking. So there's a lot of dead time. So he's just eavesdropping on Mrs. Waits. And what she hears is, Tom, I'm making lunch. What do you want? <laughs> no, you want? Tom, I'm not making pancakes. What do you want? I'm having a turkey sandwich, Tom. What do you want for lunch? Tom, you can't just have pancakes all day. <laughs> and it's just this argument with oh Tom Waits God, and he's awesome. in the background going, I don't want pancakes, which I thought was the kind of, that's the Tom Waits I want. Oh, ah. please. Right? Uh, yes. Have you and I would him? make him pancakes. Yeah. But she's also his muse and like, I think she's done a lot for his work. So maybe she doesn't have to make him pancakes no. anymore. You know what I mean? Did you read uh, Ricky Lee Jones' Last Chance Texaco book? No. Is oh, it good? Oh, it's so good. I did take Phoebe to see her when she played at the Echo and had her <gasps> dog on stage up. and we got the full Ricky Lee Jones treatment. Uh, I didn't read the book, so I should. It is beautiful. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of it is just growing up in LA in the, or not growing oh. up, but coming up in the Being 70s. In a, yeah. And a lot of Tom Waits stuff in it. Well, it's funny because we so took good. one of Phoebe's friends, mm-hmm. eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Ricky Lee Jones is playing at the Echo. I got tickets. Do you want to come? And the mom was like, oh, well, totally. That would be great. Mm-hmm. So we got there at like eight. The show was supposed to start at like eight, but it's music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like doors are at eight. Right. Mm-hmm. And we sat down and around nine o'clock, my friend goes, you know, we need to go because... She has a test tomorrow. <laughs> and that's when I knew that I was either the best mom in the world or the worst mom in the world. Because I was like, I don't care about a test. Ricky Lee Jones is going to go on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then she just like walked back and forth across the stage. I mean, she sang and was awesome. But she was also like, my dog's on stage. I'm sorry about my dog. <laughs> and I felt, I loved her. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nina Simone would never, she was never on time to perform mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. her whole thing was she 
won't perform until she thinks the audience is ready for her. Ooh, so like if, a, so if showtime is 8.30, but she's like, no, they're not ready. Like right. she, the anticipation that she would build up right. was her metric for when she should take the stage. I saw Madonna at the Will Turn mm-hmm. and it was Shut during up. that tour where she wasn't taking the stage till like 12.30. Yeah, oh uh-huh. And I knew it was going to start late. That's too late. But I got there at like 10 and I had two Papa Don't Peaches. <laughs> And I slept through most of the show. Yeah. God. It's too late. It was for me. That's too well, late. She showed up late. When she was on Will and Grace, she showed up late to a table read an hour and a half. Shut the fuck up. And let everybody wait and said, well, you know, I know I'm really late, but... Uh, I'm Madonna. Tough shit, I'm Madonna. Yeah. yeah like, okay, what is... I wasn't there. I would have said, oh, you're so fucking lame. Really? Um, I wasn't there, though. But I, the other writers told That's me about insane. it, that they had to wait that long. I apparently, that. Robert Redford has a reputation for always being late everywhere. <laughs> and I, my friend told me, like, no, you don't understand. Like, really late? Really late? And I was like, I don't get it. And then I saw a, one of those photos, you know, that people give to people and they're on a show. And it was to a friend of mine from Robert Redford. And it said, dear Don, sorry about the wait. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, it's like a thing. And then anybody who's worked is like, no, it's a big deal. It's more than an hour. Like, it's way more than an hour. And what's he doing? Is it like a TED Talk? What does he do? It's a TED Talk. What is he doing that you're waiting to see? Yeah, is he meditating or? I'm a habitually late person, but it, it ultimately comes down to I am just distracted. It's like I'm I keys in the door, ready to lock it, and I'll be like, "Oh, look, my Fender Rhodes." Right. I <laughs> played course, that in of course. Uh, well, and being early is such a gift to yourself. Like yeah. if you are early, yeah. you feel mm-hmm. like, "Oh, the grace that is ba- I'm bathed in grace." Mm-hmm. That never happens because I never allow myself. Yeah, yeah. It never. Do- I finally in my 40s have aged out of oh, just one more beer before I leave for the yeah, airport. Of course. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or I'll just have another beer before I pack. Right. And I have an hour. I really want to organize that drawer. Yeah, but I yeah. love that adrenaline. My friend calls it cleaning the fan before finals. Yeah, oh. You know how there's just shit you won't do and then you're like, have yeah. to do a task that you desire less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, you know what? I've never really cleaned this whole thing with a toothbrush. But I, I should right. today. Yeah. And now. Yeah. Totally. I feel like I'm always kind of in my head about something like, it was crazy. I had a dream about a boss at, at a show I was working on asked me my opinion. And that would never happen. So that's a, a fucking dream. And then I said exactly what I thought. And then the really crazy end of the dream was, Laura, you're right. Which I call the three oh, most wow. beautiful words in the English language. That was an erotic dream. Yeah, it might as well be. Laura's like, yeah. don't wake me up. Yeah. Oh, I love Someone it. asked my opinion and I gave it. No, uh-huh. yeah. you, you didn't feel that as a, as a female? That, oh, do men God. ever ask your opinion? It's always a trap. Yeah. They might ask it, but... As a way to prove how little you understand. Yeah. I have a series of jokes that I thought were funny for a while about um, like listening to music Mm -hmm. with men. Mm-hmm. Or reading books with men. Sorry, no offense. No, I I am one, but I constantly say men are the worst because we are. And sometimes when I catch myself being a man, I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I doing this? Like, right. but so yeah, it's okay. Guys will like recommend something to you, and then they'll be like, "Did you listen to it properly? Properly? <laughs> yeah. Like if properly, you, if you yeah. don't love it, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you didn't listen to it right. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. god. So, oh, okay. You, so you, if you don't say, oh. You're right. They're they're amazing. Right. I, I love that math rock is so. It's really yeah. shook my soul. 
And then I really like The Grateful Dead a lot. Really? And have been to, I mean, back in the day when you still could, I would go see them whenever I got the chance, not follow them like some people, but like whenever, and I'm from Northern California, so I got a chance to see them quite a bit. Mm And I love the Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. and I don't want to defend the Grateful Dead anymore. Like, you, if you don't like it, I get it. You don't <laughs> yes. have to. Right? Uh, same with I'm same but different. Tori Amos. It's yeah. like oh, she has well. the same psycho following. Yes, and um, there's a certain type of young, lovely, <laughs> yeah. sensitive man. Yeah, hi. Yeah, uh, who is like addicted to Tori Amos, yes. and I love you for it. Yeah, but it's like a very small club. I have a tiny story about the Grateful Dead. My mom and I were looking at colleges in Syracuse because I was trying to get into the SI Newhouse School of Journalism. Mm. Journalism, the SI Newhouse School of Journalism. I can't even say that. <laughs> Indeed. Word. And um, but I, I got in, but I didn't. But it was too expensive anyway. But on our way there, there were kids, you know, like probably you know, teenage, nineteen twenties, uh, hitchhiking, and my mom picked up this kid. And because we were already kind of on the campus, it's a huge campus. Uh-huh. And he got in the back seat, and my mom said, Oh, so what do you do? And he goes, Well, I just I follow the dead. My mom looks at me like, oh. <laughs> like, a, like he's a, a yeah, yeah, psychic yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, I follow the dead. And my mom, I said, It's a band, it's the Grateful Dead, mother. Come oh on. my god, wait, your mom just picked up a hitchhiker? Well, because it was a kid who was kind of we were kind of like in the campus. Like it's a huge, huge sure. campus, so we were kind of like like on the main street, yeah, like going through. Just giving him a still. Quick she ride. she sounds kind of open minded and groovy because yeah. my mom yeah. would be like lock the door. She was, Sweet. but I mean, yeah, it was a yeah. He was a you know a young college kid. We were driving to the grocery store as kids, and my mom's Subaru, and we were just turning the corner on down the street, and it's like it's Texas, so rain just started. All of a sudden, it's like right. monsoon right. out of right. nowhere. And on the side, of it, I'll never forget. There's this poor woman. She's got two grocery sacks, and she's just getting obliterated by the rain, right? And just and we all see her, and my mom bleeding heart. She's like. She asked us. We're little kids. We're four and six, maybe. And we're, she's like, "Is it okay if I give that lady a ride?" And we're kids. We think this is like a stranger danger and a test. Uh-huh. And so we now just imagine this wet monster getting in the car. My sister and I are freaking out. So oh. my mom didn't stop right, the car. Right. I can still see that woman. Like she's probably oh. still walking. In well, the you rain. can't mm-hmm. teach your kids not to talk to strangers mm-hmm. and then teach them. To talk to Pick strangers, up a stranger. and, yeah, and help them, yeah. Right. I mean, you were there was a no win situation. It, yeah, we yeah. thought, where are we going to get in trouble if we say yeah? Okay, this is my mom, not a crazy person in general, mm-hmm. but one day I came home from school. It was right after The Exorcist came out, Ooh. and my mom was Catholic, mm-hmm. and so The Exorcist seemed real, mm-hmm. which is so silly. Yes, mm-hmm. but at a time, my mom was like, oh. Well, it's going know, around. she invited Satan in with the Ouija <laughs> wow. board. She had the Ouija board. She That's how Satan was invited in. Like, uh-huh. I was like, oh, my God, you gave me one for Christmas last year. Like, I. Ah. Mm-hmm. And so one day she thought it would be really funny when I was in the third grade and I came through the front door to, like, come towards the door like she was a zombie. <gasps> what? And she put her eyes, like, rolled her eyes in the back of her head. I was like, and I got super freaked out. I'm an only child. Yeah, I wasn't yes. like, Mom, shut up. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I grabbed a book off the shelf and like raised it up like I was going to throw it at her. And she immediately goes, did you just raise your hand to me? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like I was in trouble. And I was like, you're acting like you're possessed by the devil. Right. And she was like, I was just kidding. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
You can't mess with a little kid's head like that. No, they don't know. I, I went through a phase of, of being Carrie White to my mother. Kind oh, of, God. Just like That's like whatever she said, you're not going out. Because I, I was like 12 or 13 going out drinking. Whatever, and I, I, whatever she'd say, I'd say, it's a sin, mama. She's like, you're not going to drink, are you? <laughs> no, it's a sin, mama. And oh she was like, God. are you going to drink? Because I'm not. Like Natalie Wood from Splendor in the Grass. <laughs> I'm clean, mama. I'm so clean. <laughs> Wait. That movie tortured me. Oh, my God. Splendor in the Grass. It's so unfair. I watched it. I watched that with my mother. It is so we both were crying. Oh, it's so unfair. Yeah, unbelievable. It's horrifyingly unfair. Oh, I know. She should be with him at the end. Oh, oh, it's so terrible. And then I feel bad for the Italian waitress oh, who always. ends up with him. Always. She was beautiful. And she understood what was going on. Mm-hmm. Oh man. You what was your first you talked about Elvis and the Rolling Stones. What was your first concert? Was it Elvis? Elvis was my first concert. That's incredible. And the first one I paid for with my own money was Huey Lewis and the News. Yes. <laughs> That's a good one. And I'm telling you, showmanship. Yeah. Okay. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the name like that. Have you seen Dwight Yoakam ever? Oh, but of course. It's not you know showmanship, what? I, right? I He's wound up like... going out with the news, the whole band. And, That's right, uh, you have a story. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I was just saying, like, what is there sexy about any of that? I... <laughs> and Garrett and I, we went to the Cruel, uh, the Cruel World concert. Oh, you did. And I thought Gary Newman was amazing. And you know, and he, he played in Cars. And and, and I said, are we going to yell out Gary? <laughs> it's like an accountant's name, Gary. <laughs> yeah, do it, Gary. <laughs> Play. It's the least sexy name. No, Gary, Gary Newman, Newman. Gary Newman, Aww. my accountant, Gary Duh, Newman, and Gary Newman. Yeah. There's well, sorry. Martin Short has a lot of stories about meeting Lucille Ball on airplanes. <gasps> oh, and damn. it's always about he knows it's her when she uh she he can see him uh, elbowing her husband going, Gary. <laughs> like Gary's the worst name. Oh, oh, she was the best. Did you ever meet her? No. Oh, but those interviews were so good. She mm-hmm. didn't mince words. She mm-hmm. wasn't like Elizabeth Taylor, you know, sometimes will say something a little bit nasty about yes. somebody, but very rarely. Usually she's like, oh. God love them. And yeah. I've just enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. Lucille Ball was like, that person was a dirty Cut bastard. Uh-huh. I, I kind of loved it. I, I love d- it. So I saw Dwight Yoakam, oh. his first big tour mm-hmm. when he took Buck Owens with him. Oh Amazing. My God, you saw Buck Owens. And Katie Lang opened. When she was doing country music? When she was wearing her cowgirl outfit yes! before anybody knew who she was. Have you ever read Incredible. the liner notes of like Katie Lang's first album? Oh, hell yeah. And it's like, thank you, every country legend ever who helped her record right. it. You uh, saw Katie Lang do country music. Yes. Like Shadowland or what is the fucking album? It was her Shadow first. Of your it was her first record. Yes. Um, Have and you heard it? It was before she was famous. No. And I don't even know what she's doing. You mean she, she, she's around. I, I thought she was always doing country. And then know? she switched to standards. She did some stuff with Tony Bennett. Oh, right. She did a lot of like rockabilly stuff. Mm-hmm. She did an album all about smoking. There's an album totally dedicated to the because cigarette. she can. Yeah, she, yeah. I love. Katie Did you do Lang. a Christian and album? No, oh, never. Uh, Remember when she said she was a lesbian first when she first came out mm-hmm. she was interviewed and somebody said do you think you sacrificed a lot or did you give up a lot of your country music audience mm-hmm. when you came out as gay and she goes no 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 those people haven't listened to me since they found out i was a vegetarian exactly <laughs> like Thank it's you. just like Thank it's you. just done but um that's so damn smart i that's won great. tickets on the radio to see dwight yokum at the universal amphitheater Incredible. wow and so it was like nosebleeds that's but up in it's a it's a Universal Studios. Oh, it, it's now what is it? The Gibson. It was the Gibson, the Universal oh. Amphitheater. Okay, okay, it was okay, like sorry. a bunch of different. Okay. It's had a million names. Yeah. 
I still call it Sears Tower when I'm in uh-huh. Chicago. I don't know about other people. It's do. like Garrett said it last week. Uh, he was like, I saw whatever band at Coca Cola Starplex. Yes, like, it has yes. not been called that <laughs> in and decades. It's still, but... it's still Staples, right? Yeah. It's not Crypto Arena. Yeah, it's Staples Forever. Yeah, man, right. I think I fell in love with him in Sling Blade. <laughs> I really Billy did. Bob? Yeah, no, no. Uh, Buck Owens? But, no, no, Dwight Yoakam. Dwight, yeah, yeah, it was oh, Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah, he, the bad stepdad yeah, 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 who yeah, got yeah. killed at the mm-hmm. end, and yeah. it was so amazingly oh, was satisfying. So well mm-hmm. yeah. And Billy Bob Thornton actually said that he had seen him on that tour and like basically turned to his partner, who I think was Angelina maybe at the yeah. time, uh. was like, oh, that person needs to express themselves through yeah. art like that person because wow. that's a shtick like let's face it porter yeah. wagner yep. buck owens yep. even dolly parton yep. not that she's not an authentic person mm-hmm. but what you choose to put forward is kind of a shtick after absolutely. a while like it's yeah. you know she doesn't tell anybody when she's having a bad day absolutely yeah. and even people who do that do that as a shtick correct I, Terrific. I and she was so good in nine to five i mean she's a good actress too yeah. she's amazing yeah yeah <laughs> I, have you seen her live Oh yeah, I saw her live. Yeah. it was like her Christmas tour. Uh, I've, did we talk about this? Or I was I went in full drag, and because this is the way I and used to she ha- loves it. Oh, the whole town. Yeah, but bring there's also it. a weird, not weird, but there's also a strong Christian element to her. Oh right, audience. sure, sure. But in Texas, you have this strange conundrum of Christian lesbians. Yes, where they're like clad in like silver crosses and stuff, but they're a little judgy against a gay man in drag at a Dolly show. Right. Uh, Pick but, your lane, ladies. But Dolly yeah. can fucking sing. Uh, like to this day. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Wait, and I, I, I'm sorry, I got us off the track for everything. the thousandth time. Oh no, that's did my you job. tell me about the Dwight? The Dwight Yoke oh yeah, tour? sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buck Owens. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that was when he did Streets of Bakersfield, and that's an old <sighs> Buck Owens song. Yes. So he covered it, and Buck Owens came on stage. And when I was a kid, I thought Buck Owens was like Jesus. Like oh, he definitely yeah. held that, that kind of position in my family. Like amazing, yes. important person. That song, "If You Fall Out of Love with Me, Don't Let Me Know." Oh. That's the saddest lyric I've ever Incredible. heard. And that guy can play. Yes. I mean, but also his guitar player, Don Rich. Like, I was one mm-hmm. of those little kids who was, like, crazy over, like, Larry McNeely, mm-hmm. who was Glenn Campbell's banjo player. Oh, man. So <laughs> You know your parents are in hell when you're like, I'm going to marry Larry McNeely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my- well, they were the part of the wrecking crew. Right. Well, Glenn Campbell was part of the Wrecking Crew. Okay. And then when he got famous, he had his own band. Okay. And those guys were amazing. Yeah. And I mean, Buck Owens had a great band, the Buckaroos. Oh. Merle, Merle Haggard, actually, this is funny. Merle Haggard married Buck Owens' ex-wife. Like oh. she left. Oh. Bonnie Owens left <gasps> Buck Owens for Merle for Haggard. Merle. Oh. She's like the Patty Boyd of country music. <laughs> Shit. And she actually wrote some of Merle's early hits. Oh, wow. And you can hear her on the early songs, Shut like singing up. harmony. Wow. And I would love to know what was up with that. And they were still friends afterwards, too. Oh, really? So I just feel like the world, so good. My friend's grandfather, who I'm not sure if he's still with us, but up until a few years ago. Oh, the same friend I was telling you who was getting trolled? Oh, yeah. Her husband's grandfather was the pedal steel guitar player for Bob Wills. Stop. I found And he's like the James Brown of bluegrass music. Like tight band, awesome band. Mm -hmm. It's almost like being in the military. Correct. Yeah. And legendary. And I think he was there when he got all of them back for the the final recording. Stop it. So it was one of those things where I had known this person for a few years before I learned that. And I was like, the first thing out of your mouth should be, hello, my name is Aaron and my grandfather is a (laughs) pedal steel guitar player for Bob Wills. I got to meet J.D. JD Manis, Uh uh, who was Sweethearts of the Rodeo. 
pedal steel. And it's always funny when you meet somebody like that because, of course, he has a lot of fans who don't know what he looks like. Exactly. And maybe don't even know his name. But you grew up listening to that music and you love it, but you don't know until you know. Mm -hmm. And I got to help him like unload some equipment and i was just like oh my god (laughs) i can't believe it i want to touch the hem of your garment Mm -hmm. but i think also in the old days when you'd listen to music and there wasn't a phone or anything else that maybe television to distract you but you would really just look at the album oh and And, remember the record store books you probably maybe you're too young to remember they had those huge catalogs mm-hmm. and you could see like who produced what record. Oh, wow. It's almost like going to the track and betting the jockey <laughs> yeah. because you yeah. bet the producer like, oh, if he produced that record, this then maybe good. this one. Or I used to have a theory that if Emmylou Harris sang oh. back up on a record or any harmony at all, mm-hmm. the it was amazing because uh-huh. she's such a snob in the mm-hmm. best possible <laughs> way. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Like she wouldn't touch anything unless it was good. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I bought a lot of things based on that. Or even if you look at like... You know, James Taylor, uh, you know, those records, Linda Ronstadt, Mm -hmm. you look at the band, those guys are all... You both are so like Famous. smart and and insightful from such a young age. I feel like I kind of just skimmed over everything, no like when I was in school or whatever. Maybe like, you had friends. Well, yeah, yeah. I had friends. But <laughs> I mean, like I would I I'd buy an album because I, I heard some guy liked it, or my hang was the arcade in the mall, the Red Baron arcade. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I would never go into depth about anything, like find out who anybody would be like. Oh, well, he likes that, so I'm going to get it. And I I remember this one time I went to. Uh, Puerto Rico. My mom and I were sneaking around to meet my father mm, there. Wow, really? Yeah. Full trip to Puerto Rico yeah. just for that. Yep. Wow. And there was this really cute guy that I met who was like the tourist, you know, photographer in one of those booths. And he took our picture. And I was, we were kind of joking around with him, my mom and I, because he was really cute. And his name was Kike Henry. Mm. And, um, I wound up seeing him afterward later that day because my mom said, oh, well, well, we're staying at the hotel. You know, my mom practically gave me away, you know, mm-hmm. so, she, <laughs> so we could be with my dad alone for a couple of seconds. And she was, oh, if you And then um, I remember at one point he said, so do you like Foreigner? And I said, yeah, yeah do you like me? <laughs> Oh my god! Like what a, a fucking hick asshole I was. He goes, what? What do you mean? Like I'm the foreigner. I'm in fucking Puerto yes. Rico. It feels like yes. the first time. Like me. Feels That's like the very on first time. So many levels. Oh my god! Oh my. And I think he laughed because I was 16. He was probably like 21. I think he laughed it off. That is oh really funny. Oh my god! Funny. He was so handsome. Such we, a cute guy. We glossed over something really fast. Is that you got into journalism school, mm-hmm. but you couldn't go because it was too expensive yeah they were going to let me into a different program i kind of had the money for that but it would take two years at least to get into the program i wanted and i didn't have the money to actually get in you know to wait what did that do to you i didn't know you had a journalistic streak to you um well nothing really i just wound up um i went to fredonia Mm-hmm. state for a year that was and then went to emerson and yeah. transferred to emerson was that the end of your journalism aspirations yeah pretty much and plus my dad was a real asshole like at that very trip in puerto rico we were talking because what would you like to do and i didn't want to say anything about like that i wanted to be a performer or anything because mm-hmm. i knew he'd shoot it down so i thought it sounded mm. smart to say i think i'd like to be a, a broadcast journalist and he, he said, do you know how smart and attractive you have to be to do oh that? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? <laughs> what a fucking asshole. And then I said, well, look what I had to work with. You know, <laughs> oh, so my God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I ran out of the room. 
and um, <laughs> into the arms of Kiko. <laughs> yeah, I ran out of the room. I would. No, God, that was even. I think that was a little bit before that. Yeah, I just ran into the bathroom. My mom ran after me mm-hmm. to say, I, "I don't know why he said that. He, he, I think he, he doesn't realize that how awful he sounds. Mm-hmm. That's and, horrible." And my yeah. mom said, "Like that he." Like, I didn't speak to him after that. Plus, mm-hmm. my disease is I'm like, but you're smart and beautiful. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. it would have been okay to say if it was true. But yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, and it could be, you know, we didn't really know about people being bipolar and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's not the best guy if he's cheating on his wife and kids with my mother. So the, like the organization of making a full on trip to Puerto Rico, which I'm sure you're like, we're going to a different country. It's like, bitch, no, you're like, you know what I mean? Just yeah. even that location to me. Right. So. Oh, well, I even had to think, well, you know, he said, OK, ask me something specifically, because I would always ask about my brothers after brothers and sisters yeah, they didn't want course, me to know anything mm-hmm. and i he said ask me something about m- me specifically and i said um what do you tell your wife when you go to see my mother and that was the end of our relationship that's again wild. i have like i really have a way of sticking my foot in it no you have doing it at, valid yeah. i'm doing it at my job now too and you know what <laughs> no but, but valid you know what i mean like if you're a parent and you're not ready to answer some of those questions it's your fault yeah mm-hmm. your kid is going to snap at you with the thing you're most pained about mm-hmm. mm, for sure mm-hmm. yeah i always thought that writers who had kids like at a certain point they your kid's gonna be like i'm not one of your characters dad <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. Or a psychiatrist, like, I'm not one of your patients. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's totally natural to say that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your kid is going to basically say, I hate you at some yeah. point. And you have to be like, deep breath. You're a stand-up comedian and a writer. Was that something you've done before or after you had kids? Oh, after, for sure. So how did that come up? I think people I, fall into comedy. I did. Yeah. Right? I, um, you know... Obviously, over your life, like I did like writing. Mm-hmm. I got my degree in journalism from Chico State, which was not too expensive. Wait, I was Laura. in Chico. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I just it wasn't too expensive. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> wanted to be a writer of some sort, but then, you know, life happens to you and you get different jobs or whatever. So mm-hmm. I kind of didn't think about it that much. And sometimes mm-hmm. people. Sorry, it's always three. Oh, no, not at all. Too. Not at all. Um, and, and you then, married an asshole. <laughs> well she's yes, too nice uh, to say her husband was a terrible <laughs> terrible but abusive I, oh, dick well, yeah. well, well. all right anyway so we um yeah well. you know anyway. you know a man's fist gets in the yeah, way yeah, and then yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know so you get I, out of the hospital uh-huh. but when um when that was over mm-hmm. i found myself with a lot of uh relaxing free time mm-hmm. my life got very pleasant mm-hmm. and Good. pleasant is sometimes boring mm-hmm. And so I was looking for something that would be exciting and fun. And I got one of those emails because I followed Beth Lapidus Mm -hmm. and Uncabaret online um, because I'd been to see a couple of shows and loved it. And so I got one of those things from Beth that was like, you know, do you have a creative voice that you would like to explore through this class? She did this writing class. And I thought, oh, that might be fun. I kind of swiped through it. And then I got another meme. Some friend sent me like an inspirational meme that said, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Ah. And I was like, well, that's easy, stand-up comedy. And then I was just at my desk job, like, typing away, and I went, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you would do it and you could do it, why aren't you trying it? So I went to Beth's class. It was the first day of the class was on my birthday uh-huh. years ago, what, like eight years birthday? ago, June 1st. Okay. It was a Monday. So it was like, what am I going to do on my birthday? <laughs> so I asked my friend if she would go with me, and she did. And I... It, it was funny because you had to do five minutes of original material. Wow. And then she did like, you know, 10 minutes of critique. Mm-hmm. And not since, but that night I killed. 
Yeah. Of course. <laughs> That's the what first one. Yeah. The first one. I killed. And, and I got is... such a high off of it. And I was like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I think you are a natural, though. I think you really are a natural. Because I've seen you on stage and you're just, you're so comfortable and you smart are very and funny. Comfortable, and it's just, very... yeah. It was super fun Mm -hmm. and I loved it. And then Beth and I, over the course of that class and the next one, because I signed up again, I couldn't Mm -hmm. get enough of it, we became friends. Mm -hmm. And then I started helping out at Uncabaret and a couple of times like somebody wouldn't come. And so I got to take their spot. And then I started doing the kind of the the end spot, mm-hmm. like what? I guess the cleanup spot or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it, but I would do that spot and I loved it because I got to reference back and hearken back to what other people had said. And I also got to hang out with people like you guys, which mm-hmm. that's the whole reason to do it in the first place. Of all the shows um, like around town and stuff, because I'm a bad comedian because I don't like to hang. I'm so anxiety. I just have to do it and leave. I think a lot of people don't hang. It's, mm-hmm. You got that, stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm just nervous and I believe. But that show in particular on Cabaret is like, I, I do like to hang out and like fraternize and watch and like support. There's something about it. It's such a positive atmosphere too, I think. It oh. is really, you know, with and Beth really... She's an incredible host, you know. Mm-hmm. She kind of, you know, brings it in. But but closing that closing that show after doing stand up for such a short time is pretty amazing. And yeah. you cl- oh, you nice. you've closed every show since since it yeah. went to El Cid, right? Yeah, except for when I was on the cruise. Yeah, that's amazing. And I do <laughs> I love it because, you know, everybody's so fun and I think I might be lazy mm-hmm. sometimes about writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think stand-up in some ways is a perfect thing because you have the fire under your butt. Like if you have to do 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you actually have to write something. Correct. Oh, yeah. Correct. And if you don't, it gets really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I found something that feels really dangerous. It's not. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that could happen is that I bomb, mm-hmm. and I certainly have. Mm-hmm. And then I go home and rewrite my stuff. Mm-hmm. Or it goes great. And it feels amazing. And then you get whatever endorphins you were looking for in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it's been awesome. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my kids are super supportive of it. And uh, I like the people I met. It's really great. And, of course, a couple of times, you know, goofy, weird stuff happens. But that's just getting out there and living in the world. So I'm very grateful. What was a a really goofy thing that happened or weird thing? Like you haven't been heckled at the Uncab, have you? No, not at Uncab. Um, For a while, like before COVID especially, I was going around town doing like, you know, all kinds of, any place I could get on a show, I was Mm -hmm. doing it. And a couple of times, like at maybe out of town gigs or whatever, it was like, traditional comedy mm-hmm. where they're like burr, burr, burr. Yeah. Yeah, and like i'm not club. yeah and yeah. i'm not super skilled with that sure. but i did a show at pappy and harriet's mm-hmm. up near joshua tree oh, like pioneer town mm-hmm. oh i didn't know about that and i bombed so badly it still gives me hives just think about it but <laughs> i was on stage it was hot it was in november uh-huh. so it's inside the heaters on uh-huh. And I started to sweat mm-hmm. because it wasn't going great. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my uncab jokes didn't really work up there where people yeah. are wearing like matching <laughs> hunting outfits yes. oh, shit. Uh-huh. in the front row. Yep. No offense to them. No. no blame the crowd. It was me yeah. bringing that material to Pioneer Town. Mm-hmm. And so I started to sweat and it wasn't going great. And so when I left the stage, I just went out the side door off the side of the stage, which yes. goes directly outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been to Pappy and Harriet's, but it's big roadhouse. So it's big, wide expanse, like a mm-hmm. campus. So I had to walk all the way around. It was like 12 degrees. Mm-hmm. And I was freezing and also and sweating. sweating. <laughs> and I went and I went inside the front and I went into the bathroom and this little older lady was there and she goes, are 
you okay, honey? <laughs> that was rough. Oh, no. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I think I'm okay. And she goes, well, I really liked your nesting bowls joke. See, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Where can we see you next? Where can our, our fans see you next? I'll be performing at the Leonard Nimoy Theater mm-hmm. uh, with the Uncabaret show on December 16th. Fantastic. And you can get tickets through the UCLA website because it's part of their series. And so I feel like a real girl. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's really cool. That's awesome. It's going to be fun. I think so. And Beth Lapidus always puts together a fun group of people. That's how I met you all. We and I'm so grateful for her. She is definitely Saint Beth She's Lapidus. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Well, she was great on, on our show, too. But we're grateful for you. Oh, yeah. I'm Yay. so glad I get to see you, Jamie. Okay. So, and, and your new love is waiting for you. So we're going to have to say goodbye. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. I'm so glad about that. Okay. Yay. Thanks, okay. Jamie. Thanks for Thanks, having Jamie. me. Bye. This is awesome. Bye.